We're starting to get some clarity on the Texas quarterback situation. Not as much on Oklahoma's. Do they even stand a chance? We're going to talk about it on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? It is almost Red River time. Thank you for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref. And Norman, Josh, for the folks that are going to be listening to this over the next 36, 48 hours, it's almost Red River shootout time. What can we hang our hat on as the Oklahoma Sooners heading into this one? Hang your hat on the fact that Oklahoma's played well in this game in, in recent memory. I mean, obviously they've won four in a row. Uh, you know, historically they've had the quarterback advantage in this game. Probably this is going to be the year where maybe that's not the case. If Dylan Gabriel is not a go, uh, you know, you get to this point in the week and you haven't heard anything definitive. I know there's a cat and mouse game there, but I don't know. It does make you worry a little bit for Oklahoma. Obviously, you feel like you have to preface that every single time that Dylan Gabriel's health is more important than one Red River shootout game. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess just the the history of the game recently is one thing to, uh, to feel good about. Uh, beyond that, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, the the running back situation for Oklahoma is better than maybe I thought it was going to be coming into this uh, Red River game. But I, I do think Texas has the better skill talent top to bottom offensively than Oklahoma just with B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy and some of just the, the other collection uh, of talent that they have. So I don't know, man. I, I would have thought defensively maybe OU had an edge in this thing even uh, as recently as a couple of weeks ago. But that has uh, shifted dramatically. I think it's hard to find an edge in this game right now for Oklahoma if you're telling me that Dylan Gabriel doesn't play. So here's a couple of things that I, I can point to, and that's the nothing-to-lose mentality, right? This is a team that is really down and out. After the last couple of weeks against Kansas State and TCU, they just, they just look awful. I mean, there's not really much positive that you can say from either of those two performances especially about the defensive side of the football. And so you only have one way to go and that's up. I mean, you can definitely stay as bad as you were, but if this team has kind of any pride and Brent Venables is right. And the effort has been fine that they're, they're proud of the effort, proud of the work, proud of what they're doing, then it's going to have to translate to the field at some point where this team isn't just practicing well, preparing well, that they're actually playing well. And maybe this is the week that it happens. You don't want to hear about guys getting up for a particular game because you should be ready to play every single week. You should have that same intensity every single week. I completely agree with what Brent Venables is saying. Like this game is no different if you, in your preparation. If you're giving it more um, focus or more attention, then you're not. The coaching staff isn't doing their job in the weeks leading up. So. My, my, the only thing I feel like I can really you know go with is that maybe they can get better. Like perhaps like we saw rock bottom a week ago, perhaps 
this is a team that's ready to kind of get back to the grind of the, of the, you know, the off season fall camp, the first few weeks of the season and ready to refocus now, like ready to kind of hone in on the details and play disciplined football and, and be where they need to be and make the right decision, make right choices and not try to play outside of the scheme, making plays individually. The injury situation, it does concern me a little bit. We still don't really have a whole lot of clarity on Billy Bowman or on uh, Eric Gray. I mean, we think Eric Gray is going to play, but we don't know. I mean, they're kind of like you talked about playing cat and mouse a little bit. We don't have any like injury updates on any of these guys right now. We have like whispers, but nothing that's definitive. And I don't know if we will until closer to game time when when guys are suiting up or not suiting up. The, the injury to Dylan Gabriel, I think you said it right. His health is greater than one game. I early in the week, I felt like, okay, there's a good chance that Dylan Gabriel could come back if he was able to clear concussion protocol at this point in the week. I don't think that that's likely just because I feel like we would have heard something clear, more clear about that um, before Friday. And maybe we wouldn't have, I don't know. This is kind of our first season to go through this with Brent Venables and how open he's going to be with, with injury situations and um, you know, player personnel decisions and things like that. So it's going to be really fascinating to see who they end up rolling out there as the starting quarterback on Saturday, because I, I think I'm with you and I think we agree that we don't think it's going to be Dylan Gabriel. I do think Oklahoma, if their defensive line can return to the form that we saw two weeks ago or three weeks ago now against Nebraska, I think they have a chance to make some things happen against Texas's offensive line who have allowed nine sacks this season. Um, and against, you know, Quinn Ewers and Hudson card. I mean, they're, they're good players. They're mobile enough, but they're not the same type of athlete that we've seen the last couple of weeks. So I think there's a chance that they could actually make some, Hey, if they can win some of their one-on-one matchups and as a unit win and beat the offensive line a little bit, you're not going to win rushing just three. You're not going to win, you know, playing straight up. They're going to have to blitz quite a bit. And I'd love to see Brent Venables just kind of throw the kitchen sink at Quinn Ewers and just see what happens in a tough environment where, you know, the energy is going to be, if there was a roof, the energy would be blowing the roof off the building, but it's going to be palpable. I know this, I mean, you don't even have to be at the stadium to feel the energy coming out of the cotton bowl on Saturday. So get aggressive, play like you have nothing to lose and throw everything at Quinn Ewers, throw everything at this Texas defense and just see what happens. Uh, it's going to be a really fascinating matchup Saturday because a lot of it is just depending on who plays. We don't even know who's going to play. Yeah, no, we don't. And, you know, you, you really kind of, again, you go back to the question you asked, what makes you feel good going into this game? Well, I still feel like Oklahoma's got a great collection of coaches. I I do, you know, the Ted roof thing. I don't know. We'll we'll see about that. That might need to get revisited at some point. That might've been the one, uh, cabinet choice that wasn't necessarily a great one for Brent Venables. But beyond that, I guess if we're talking about just the, the coaches that are here for Oklahoma, if there's no Dylan Gabriel, then you've had a week planning around that idea, right? That how, how are we going to scheme this thing to be successful for a game or for the foreseeable future, these couple of games before a Dylan Gabriel return. And I believe that in Jeff Levy and in this offensive coaching staff, John, You've got a group of coaches that can plan to make Oklahoma successful. Obviously, we know. uh, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me here, but the four-game winning streak for – yeah, here we go. During the four-game winning streak over 
Texas for Oklahoma. The Sooners have outrushed the Longhorns in each contest and by 495 total yards. So the recipe for success, it's there for Oklahoma. You know what it is. Now, if uh, there's no Dylan Gabriel, you've had that week to plan like we're talking about here. I trust that Jeff Lebedee and company have put together a good plan, which, again, is going to be predicated, I would imagine, on the run game and the success thereof. But you're going, to be, you're going to have to be able to throw the football a little bit too, right? You're going to have to balance both. So the design of easy throws, right, that aren't just simply the little halfback flat throw that we kind of saw a bunch of versus TCU. It's going to have to be more than that. But simple, easy throws, get it out of the quarterback's hand quickly to a Marvin Mims, right, to Theo Weiss, to Jaleel Farouk in spots where they can catch, run, and go make plays after the catch. I mean, that's what you're going to have to get accomplished. And I trust that – Oklahoma's got the staff in place, John, to to do that, to put these quarterbacks in positions to be successful. Yeah, I want to touch on something that you just mentioned there. But first, let's talk to you about underdog. Hey, this is a great way to get in on fantasy football, fantasy football pickums. You can go to underdog.com, sign up using our promo code locked on, and you can find your favorite player and pick the high, the low whichever way you want to go on on their passing yards so or rushing yards so let's look at eric gray for a second eric gray right now projected 106.5 rushing yards if you look at texas statistically against the run that's such a hard word to say sometimes against the run they're only allowing 120 yards rushing per game averaging 3.3 yards per carry so if you're going to underdog.com using promo code locked on you might want to think about taking the under on Eric Gray over there because 106.5 rushing yards, that might be a little bit steep for him, especially as we've seen guys like Javante Barnes start to emerge. If Marcus Major is healthy, he'll cut into that workload as well. And we saw a little bit of Gavin Sachuk for the first time last week. It would not surprise me to see them get him involved and try to utilize that speed. You know, another one that might be really interesting for you is Quinn Ewers. You know, we've seen Oklahoma's Defense just gets shredded each of the last couple of weeks by Adrian Martinez and Max Dugan. Quinn Ewers right now, his over-under is set at 249 and a half. That's a pretty intriguing number. Now, if Texas gets out to a big lead early, it might be difficult for Quinn Ewers to, to hit that number if they start going into a ball control, run the, run the clock out, run the ball kind of an offense. But you can get in on the action over at underdog.com. Again, use our promo code Locked On to get in there and pick high, low. You can pick up two to five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. So sign up with promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's right. You deposit $100, use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get $100 free. That's Locked On, one word. Go to underdog.com, underdog.com. One word, locked on. Get in on college football. Pick them action today. Josh, the thing I wanted to touch on was the rushing attack versus Texas's rush defense. Again, I mentioned it. They're only allowing 120 rushing yards per game, an average of 3.3 yards per carry. And this is against you know some really good rushing teams. I mean, against Alabama, they allowed quite a few yards. Against Texas Tech, they allowed quite a few yards. But everybody else, they've really kept in check. West Virginia only rushed for 61 yards on 20 carries. So this is a pretty solid Texas defense. It may not be a great unit yet, but they're they're better than what they were a year ago. And I think that's going to be the thing that causes Oklahoma the most problems because they're going to need to establish the run to take pressure off whoever ends up starting at quarterback, whether it's Davis Bevel or potentially General Booty. They've got to find a way to run the football. And 
even if they're not effective running the football, say they're only averaging two and a half yards per carry, three yards per carry, they're going to have to keep doing it because you don't want a guy like General Booty making his first start in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday or Davis Bevel making his first career start in the Cotton Bowl in the Red River Showdown, throwing the ball 50 times. That's not going to be a great recipe for success, especially as we've seen Davis Bevel's pocket presence or lack thereof uh, in the first few weeks of the season. So run the football, try to establish the run. I'd come out in some heavy personnel, two tight ends, Braden Willis, Daniel Parker, and let's, let's let Javante Barnes, let's let him set a physical tone early in this game. And then as you pound away at him, then you can, you know, bust Eric gray out on the, on the outside, get him out on the edge and use his speed. So I think that, I think Josh, you touched on, that's going to be a very key element of this game for the Oklahoma Sooners offense. And I, I agree with you in, in the passing game, you're going to have to throw the ball to take a little bit of the pressure off the run game. It works all together. It's in harmony. You run the ball so you can take pressure off the run off the passing game to set up play action. You throw the ball to make them back off of the run game. You're going to have to hit some stuff down the field, whether it's Marvin Mims, Jalil Farouk. I would not see, be surprised to see a guy like Jaden Gibson get more involved this week. You've been kind of talking about him for several weeks now. This could be the, the week to kind of like unfurl him a little bit, try to use his speed and his size and athleticism to win some 50-50 contested catch situations you know let let whoever the quarterback is just throw it up in some one-on-one situations and just see what happens but josh defensively as we look at the oklahoma sooners how how do they slow down texas like what what has to be their game plan going into this game to try and slow down bajan xavier worthy uh, jordan whittington quinn years good question (laughs) um i you know it's going to be a heck of a challenge obviously and I, i think a worthy is arguably right there shortlist for best wide receiver in America. I think everything has to center around let's slow down B. John Robinson in the run game first, right? Try and curtail him a little bit right there and then force, you know, we got the news Quinn Ewers good to go for Texas. I would imagine he's been uh, Texas's starter prior to the injury. I would imagine Quinn Ewers will be Texas's starter at the Cotton Bowl. So force Quinn Ewers to have to drop back and beat you against some of that pressure that to start this season for Oklahoma, guys like a Reggie Grimes, guys like an Ethan Downs, they were getting to the quarterback. So pin your ears back, go get the quarterback. But you can only do that, John, if you force Texas into those predictable third and long type passing downs. So what does that mean? Again, right we right like we discussed off the top, you got to eliminate those chunk yardage runs for B. John Robinson. So Really, I mean, to me, defensively, it all starts right there is can you tackle well at the point of attack versus B. John Robinson? And for somebody that, again, what did you mean? What, what did you mention earlier? 40 missed tackles that B. John Robinson has created. I mean, this is somebody that is as good as anybody at doing that in America, making guys miss in space. So you're going to have opportunities where you're going to have to get B. John Robinson down and we're going to find out. I mean, can Oklahoma do that? I think that's stage one for them. Yeah, Bajan Robinson, 40 missed tackles, I believe. I'm trying to look it up really quick. Yeah, that leads the country. Um, just a few more than Carson Steele out of Ball State and Marquez Cooper out of uh, Kent State. Um, yeah, just the dude has been dynamic. He's been ridiculous. I mean, he's just that guy. Like, he's averaging 18 yards per reception on the season also. So you can have everybody covered up in the secondary. You can have 
you know, Texas's wide receivers all covered. And then Bajan Robinson sneaks out into the flat, sneaks out into the passing concept and picks up big yardage because he's able to make guys miss. He's able to break tackles. Uh, one interesting thing on Eric Gray, like Eric Gray has more carries of 10 yards or more than Bajan Robinson does, which, I mean, I would have been shocked if you'd have told me that like Eric Gray's got 15 carries of 10 yards or more. Bajan Robinson has 13 and Eric Gray has, what is it? 34 fewer carries on the season. Yeah. 34 fewer carries on the season for Eric Gray. Sorry. 26 fewer carries on the season. Eric Gray versus Bajan Robinson. Eric Gray's averaging seven yards per carry. That's going to be huge. But defensively, I think it's just fundamental stuff like tackle well. Make sure you know your assignment. Make sure you're not letting guys get behind you because that's been plaguing Oklahoma's defense a lot over the last couple of weeks is just allowing guys to run free through the secondary, run free down the field and, and giving up your cover three responsibility, your cover four responsibility. They've got to play more sound fundamentally both just in the tackling portion of this, but also just in the coverage aspect as well. They they can't allow Texas to get big plays and expect to, to win this game. Texas was hitting big plays last year against this defense, started the game off with a just a wide receiver screen, a simple wide receiver screen, just to take the pressure off Casey Thompson a little bit, get the ball out of his hand quick. And what does Xavier Worthy do? He just rumbles for a touchdown, like 75 yards right out of the gate. So you got to eliminate that stuff. You got to play sound. You got to, make them drive the football. Like if they go on a 10 play drive and come away with seven, okay, that's great. But don't give up the big ones. Like if you force them to drive the football, it just puts them in position to make more mistakes. Like it puts them in position to have a false start penalty that kills a drive, a potential turnover that obviously kills a drive and gives you some better field position, gives you a little bit of momentum. So don't just don't give up the big play. Just revert back to the first three weeks of the season where you were doing a pretty good job at keeping everything in front of you and limiting, you know, some of those missed tackle opportunities. So that's kind of what it comes down to for me, Josh. Special teams, I think, could be really, really interesting in this one because last week we saw Jaleel Farouk nearly break a couple. I mean, he had a big one that was like 40 plus yards in the return game, but I felt like there were several more where he was just a tackle away from picking up another big game. I think this could be the key to this game. If, if Oklahoma is able to keep it close, special teams might be the difference here. Yeah, yeah and, you know, that's been an area that obviously Oklahoma has reemphasized the return game. That's something that we've spent a, a lot of time talking about. One of the things that we love about this Oklahoma team is just that, that they've reemphasized the return game. They're aggressive there. And something like this, the, the Red River shootout, man, if Oklahoma – can get the explosive play in the return game, whether it's kick or punt return or or punt block, right? I mean, any of those, if you can find that play, you know, let's call it what it is. Oklahoma's the underdog going into this thing, I think, for a reason, John. Uh, I don't think right now they're as good of a football team as Texas. Now, that remains to be seen if, you know, we reconvene in six, seven, eight weeks, whatever it is at the end of the year, in two months, maybe I've change my tune on that but right now the way this thing is trending doesn't feel like Oklahoma is the better of the two teams going into this game so if that's the case then yes you 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 want to try and find some sort of an equalizing play and special teams absolutely can be that type of difference for Oklahoma and they've got the playmakers right that that's one area where if you're kind of set up to where offensively you're not starting out with your starting quarterback then you know every time you can 
be successful and get a stop, okay, there's another chance in the return game that, again, you can find that equalizing play. Just one one thing real quickly on the defensive side of the football, something that, you know, these last couple of weeks, you know, jog my memory if Oklahoma's done this and I've just forgotten about it, but, man, I'd like to see Oklahoma in, in this game defensively where you're trying to kind of buy yourself a couple extra series offensively if you're not going to get to the quarterback, man, get a paw up and deflect the football. When's the last time we saw a defensive lineman do that these last couple of weeks? I'm racking my brain trying to think of if we've seen a pass deflection at the line of scrimmage. And I don't know that we have from Oklahoma. So it's not just been in the pass rush category, John, where you're not getting the TFLs and you're not getting the sacks. But, you know, in this game like this, where you're trying to, again, find find ways to create stops for a defense that has been sorely lacking them well do yourself again some favors by getting a hand up and in you know deflecting a, a pass at the line of scrimmage take that that pass away uh, every once in a while i'd love to see that in this game for oklahoma that would be if i see that you know series one two or three defensively john i mean then it's okay you're locked in fundamentally you're doing the things that you're being coached to do which again we just really haven't seen the last couple of weeks yeah, so Jalen Redmond against Kansas State is kind of like the only one that that comes to mind. I mean, you don't have a lot of defensive linemen that have got a lot of pass deflections. He's got two, um, but that is – and Ethan Downs has one uh, as far as your defensive front goes. So you only have three pass deflections amongst your defensive linemen. Now, they've played some taller quarterbacks that are going to be able to get the ball over them. But, again, it's talking – you know, just getting your hands up, you know, playing sound. I think that's just part of the whole equation about playing better fundamentally. Um on the, the, the idea of special teams, one thing that Oklahoma's going to have to be careful about is the return game. I mean, they allow more than 24 yards per return. Uh, Texas, you know, they don't return it. They don't get big returns right now. They're not averaging big returns. I think it was like 21 yards per return. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Texas is going to have to be a little bit better than that. Or, I mean, sorry, Oklahoma's going to have to be better um, covering kicks. Uh, to make sure that they're not the ones giving up the big special teams play. So we're going to turn our attention now to the Big 12. We'll give you our prediction here in just a second as well. We're going to make our weekly picks. Josh, the first game that we're going to touch on, this is one college game day. You, you had something else you wanted to mention there, Josh? No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just excited just, to feast on this Big 12 slate. So let's go. Yeah. All right. So college game day going to Lawrence. Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks hosting the TCU Horned Frogs, but TCU's coming in as a minus six and a half point favorite. The over-under is sitting at 69. Josh, what do you think, man? I think Kansas gets his offense back on track. That was, for them, a disappointing performance against Iowa State a week ago. And really, I think if you're objective about it, Kansas probably should have lost to Iowa State. There's two field goal doinks and Obviously, uh, the, I don't know what happened on that final kick for Iowa State. It was just just terrible. But uh, I do think Kansas, much improved football team. I like what Jalen Daniels, the mobility that he adds for them offensively. You know, I think that's something that Oklahoma really could use, right, is Jalen Daniels' mobility. That's going to give TCU problems. The crowd itself is going to be revved up, man. Ultimately, until I see otherwise, this is that last week for Kansas – Prove it to me this week, and I'm I'm all aboard the Jayhawk train, but I don't think they're going to find a way to get it done. I do expect there to be plenty of points scored both ways. So wh what was the over-under at again? Is it 69? 69, a nice number. I think that uh, 
I think it's going to go above that. I do. I think this is going to be a scoreathon, and I think uh, TCU is going to end up winning this thing. I think it's a great game. I'll say 38-35 TCU wins in Lawrence. It puts on a show for game day, but Jayhawk fans go home upset. All right, so Josh picking Kansas to uh, to get the win against the spread, at least, even if he's picking TCU to win the game. I'm going to go with Kansas. I'm, I'm a big believer in Lance Leipold and Jalen Daniels. I like the edge that they play with, um, and I, I think that the – even though it was a disappointing game for the offense, I thought the defense, you know, holding Iowa state to just 11, I think that's huge for them. I mean, they've been playing in shootouts all year long. That's going to be a big confidence booster going into this, this difficult matchup. It's a tough matchup against TCU. I'm like you, I'm taking the over, but I am going to take Kansas in this one minus the six and a half. Give me something like 41 to 35 Jayhawks in this one. The next one, the one that some are trying to, to dub the, Oh, what was it called? I can't even think of it. The big dirt, the big or red, the red dirt rivalry or something like that Uh, between Oklahoma state and Texas tech. The Cowboys are nine point favorites over the red Raiders. The over under is 68 and a half. We're going to have some high scoring games on the big 12 schedule this week. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. You would, uh, you would imagine. So uh, according to at least what the, the odds makers are thinking out there, Right now, man, I love what Oklahoma State's doing on both sides of the football. I'm not going to bet against Spencer Sanders in Oklahoma State until I'm given a reason to do otherwise. Uh, I do expect there to be some points scored in this game, maybe not quite to the uh, level of TCU Kansas. I've got Oklahoma State to win and to cover. I'll say uh, I'll say 34-24 Cowboys over Texas Tech. Yeah, I also think Oklahoma State's going to cover in this one. I like Texas Tech. I like what they're doing, what they're building. Donovan Smith is is a really intriguing quarterback. When he takes care of the football, they usually play pretty well offensively. But I'm with you. I think Oklahoma State's just doing too much that's too good offensively, and their defense is starting to kind of pick up steam a little bit as well. Uh, so give me Oklahoma State minus the points, and I don't think they I don't think they hit the over under. I do think it's a a tighter ball game. You know, in the 34, 31, 30, or sorry, 34, 23 kind of a um, situation for Oklahoma State that comes out on top. Um, this one's a really intriguing matchup, and the, the, the point spread is very intriguing to me. So, Kansas State coming off of two big wins over Oklahoma and then over Texas Tech, they're only a one point favorite over Iowa State, and the over under is only 45. That's shocking to me, Josh. Yeah, uh, well, obviously, there's a lot of respect for, you know, the Ames environment. It's a night game. So, uh, Jack Trice, they're going to have all day, baby, to get uh, ready to go. What was the phrase that Bob Stoops used a couple of years ago to get charged up? The uh, yeah. Iowa State faithful will be charged up for Farmageddon. Ultimately, man, I just don't know that they're good enough offensively to, to win this game over Kansas State at home. I'm buying the Adrian Martinez stock. I will stick with it. Uh, I do think, uh, let's see, 27 to 17. I, I think this is a comfortable Kansas State win of that 27 to 17 variety. I think that score is almost in some ways probably going to be a little bit misleading to how this game plays out for Kansas State. I think they win it comfortably. And let's see, that would be, is that just under? Yeah, just under the total. Yeah, so I like Kansas State in this one as well. I, I do I do think that they're going to get to like the 30-point Mark, but I don't, I just don't think Iowa state offensively is going to be able to keep up. So, you know, give me something like, well, maybe not quite 30, maybe give me something like 27 to 
17. So like you just, just under the, the point total, but Kansas state's going to win pretty good. I, again, I'm with you. I like Adrian Martinez. I think he's playing really, really good football. He's taking care of the football, which that's always been the issue with him is, is just being too loose with the football. I spent months talking about Adrian Martinez being too loose with the football. And here we are now, all of a sudden he knows how to protect the football. So give me, yeah, Kansas state minus one and uh, take the under in this one. All right. The big one, the red river shootout, the red river showdown, the red river rivalry, whichever one you want to call it, Texas nine point favorites over the Oklahoma Sooners. The over under is 65. I think Oklahoma is going to show up to play defensively more than some think in this game. I do expect Oklahoma to get some stops here and there. Uh, I don't expect them to win this football game, John. I, I just I think Texas is favored for a reason. I'm worried about the quarterback situation for Oklahoma going into this game. I, I am not convinced Dylan Gabriel's starting or playing for Oklahoma. And if that's the case, then I just don't see how Oklahoma can win this game, let alone cover in this game. So I'm, I'm taking Oklahoma to, because it's the Red River showdown, show up and fight their tails off early in this game, but ultimately get outclassed in terms of skill personnel and the guy that's throwing the football to said skill personnel. I like Texas to win 34-20. Yeah, I'm kind of right in that same ballpark, actually. I'm 34-24 Texas. Uh, to me, this is very much a, a pride game for Oklahoma. You've got to come out and you've got to show up. This game has to be close to me by halftime. Like you have got to keep it close for us to have like confidence and optimism about this team moving forward. I think there's, I think there's an avenue in which Oklahoma can win this game, but a lot of strange things have to happen for that to be the case. They got to get special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown. They've got to be able to hit some big plays offensively, whether it's through the run game or through the air, they're going to have to find some magic. Like it's going to take the weird things happening in order for Oklahoma to win this game because even just looking at the quarterback battle, even if Dylan Gabriel plays with the way he's played kind of up and down throughout the season, Texas might still have the edge there. So for Oklahoma, they're going to have to make some special things happen on special teams and on offense and defense. They got to come up with some big plays, some momentum swinging plays at times. If the defense shows up, I like this game a lot, a lot closer, but I've got to see it to believe it at this point. And so, yeah, give me Texas, Minus the nine, 34 to 24 over the Oklahoma Sooners. Take the under on this one. Josh, any parting thoughts before we send the folks off to Dallas to get ready for the Red River Showdown? It's Oklahoma, Texas. Though neither of us are picking Oklahoma in this game, the coaching staff, the players, they're fully capable, regardless of who's under center of, because it's OU Texas, going out there and shocking us a little bit and getting things fixed defensively, if only even – for one week, John, if the rest of the season defensively is kind of a disaster as Oklahoma undergoes this uh, transition with the head coach and the rest of the staff, I'm not ruling it out of the realm of possibility that this is the week that actually they show up and uh, and play well, even with all of that skill talent for Texas. So fight the good fight, Sooner fans. There is a chance the Sooners could win this game. I'm not picking it. I can't in good faith pick it, but it's not impossible. Yeah, I hope on Monday we come back and we're able to say, well, we were wrong on this one. And it's like my wife says, you know, if you're going to win any game in any given year, this is the one you want to win. Now, I know the players won't see it differently. The coaches won't see it differently. But the fans, we do. We see it differently. you got to beat Texas. Hashtag beat Texas. Go Sooners. 
Good luck when you get down there to Saturday for all you fans that are attending the game. Have a blast. Make sure you get a corny dog for Josh and I, a little bit of funnel cake action as well. Josh, do you have a favorite fair food that you like to hit up when you're down at the State Fair of Texas? I'm a fried Oreos kind of guy. Obviously, Fletcher's corny dog. You can't go wrong there. Fried anything, man. I'm I'm fried this. I'm fried that. I'm, hey, what's new on the menu this year? I love it, dude. It's so great. Yeah, and I'm not a big corn dog guy in general, but I get to the fair. Give me all the corn dogs all the time. Just nothing, nothing better than that. So have a great time. Be safe on your travels. We'll talk to you next week when we break down this game. Whichever way it goes, we're looking forward to watching it, and we'll react with you as well. So go follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, and also you can hear him Monday through Friday from nine to noon on ninety four seven The Ref and Norman. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams and read my work covering the Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. And again, thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We appreciate you. Thanks for hanging with us this week and and getting us ready for for the Red River Showdown. We're excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Texas fans are excited. They're blowing up the comment section and, and for good reason. So enjoy the game, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Boomer sooner.